Hey, Katie, what are you offended by? When people I haven't seen in a while don't immediately ask how Wayne and Garth are doing. It's fucking offensive. They're my children. You're Mark. Shit. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Oh fuck yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome to Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. It's your boy, Tricky, alongside Katie, Katie, Naked Lady, and Adam Hangman Page. Hangman Adam Page is your new AEW World Champion. Finally, he has done it. After three long years. They say two on the show, but it's really been three. It's been since before All In is when that story originally started. Three years of phenomenal storytelling came to a head, came to an end at Full Gear this past Saturday night. Holy shit. It was quite possibly one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wrestling story ever told. Like, it's in, I think that's why Dynamite, when we first turned it on tonight, felt so different, is because. We're in a new era of professional wrestling now. It's different. It's different because Dynamite was almost built around Hangman for the last two years and about him overcoming his demons, getting off of rock bottom, and becoming the best wrestler in the world. I mean, he is arguably the most over-wrestler in the world right now. Do you think that AEW is going to have eras like the Attitude Era and the whatever era? Like, is this the end of an era like that? It could be. It very well could be. Tonight felt different. Tonight did not feel like a normal Dynamite. It felt like a different version of Dynamite tonight. Okay. And I don't know if that's only because um, we're, we're used to Omega as champion. But even when Omega was champion, it still felt the same when Moxley was champion or Jericho was champion. This feels different. This feels like we are in a new era for AEW. Maybe maybe this is the long-time champions era is closing, and then the short-time champion. So it's going to just like go from one hand to another to another. I still think he's going to have a short title reign, so that really could happen. 
Hangman Adam Page is your new AEW World Champion. We will get into full gear right now. Okay. AEW full gear was this past Sunday, excuse me, Saturday night and was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. And as you will hear on the Monday episode of our bonus episode on Monday for face and heel, how I thought that crowd was pure shit. I'm not going to, so I'm not going to dive into that. I bring it up during face and heel. You'll hear about it on Monday, but Minneapolis, get your shit together. Um, but the show itself, I think that's why I'm so mad about it. The show itself was so fucking good, and the crowd was just like, eh. Like, they shat the bed. They I, didn't react to, like, certain things. I feel like you wouldn't be as upset um, if it wasn't supposed to be as instant Lewis originally. I think like, that, that also a rubs a little salt in the wound. Like, ah. we would have been a fucking awesome crowd. Right. But at the same time, it has a little bit to do with that, I feel like. But at the same time, it's still... It was still. I still would have said something. You would have been upset about it either way. I'm just saying you're more irritated by it by the reasoning behind it. Um, The show. I mean, it was just from start to finish. There was. There's not a bad match on that card. There's really not. Every match was good. Um, So we're gonna start off with match number one, which was the pre-show. You didn't even watch that match. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa and uh, Shida. Hikaru Shida. That was a great match. Uh, fucking every time Thunder Rosa does a crossbody off the top off the top rope to the outside and she's performing the move onto Jamie Hayter, it looks so painful every time. Because Jamie Hayter doesn't like just catch Thunder Rosa. Jamie Hayter jumps up and catches her. So the momentum of their bodies comes down even more. Like, they did it, uh, the first time they did it was on Dynamite this past week. Or last week. And, like, Thunder Rosa was, like, like rubbing her head, like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And they did the spot again on Sunday, or Saturday. It's like, you guys are fucking insane. Maybe that's what works for them, though. I know, but it... I think it was an accident the first time is what I'm saying. Oh. I think it was a botch. And then they're like, fuck it. It looked cool. Let's do it again. Right. I'm like, that just looks so fucking painful. I mean, most of the wrestling probably is. Right. But when you are going at that speed, that velocity, like it looks fuck. It looks like it fucking sucks. Anyway, um, that match is good. On to the pay-per-view. First match of the night. Uh, in my opinion, was the third best match. So I had I sent out a tweet of my top five matches from Full Gear. This for me was my third favorite match of the night. MJF Darby Allen, what a match that was! And when you first watch it, well, to be fair, I didn't get to see this match until literally after the pay per view because Bleacher Report fucked up so bad that I didn't even get to see that match or the next match. Because their stream was fucking up so bad. Um, however, uh, I remember reading, I think it was David's text. He was just saying, I don't know how the rest of the pay-per-view can top that match. Because it was that good. It was fucking awesome. And I think if I would have watched that like live, I would have been the same. I'm like, I don't know how that's getting topped. It did, though. Um, I mean, MJF, like the promo. So we... We're recording this at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday. Obviously, Dynamite says has aired and it's over. 
Uh, we've only seen the first hour of yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're about halfway done. Yes. Um, but the promo that they showed by MJF of him saying, all fans talk about it. All I can do is cut a promo. I can only cut a promo. Well, I guess I proved you. Basically, he's like, I guess I proved you fuckers wrong. Because that match was was awesome. He and was, it was. A really talent. He showed a lot of talent yes. in that. Because he doesn't usually showcase that. He's not usually in flippy matches or... I don't know, and they were, yeah, and they were really in sync with each other. They were really in sync with each other. So it was almost like a dance versus like a wrestling act. I don't know. That was really cool. I don't think it was a dance. I don't mean mean it like a dance, but like when you sword fight, it's sometimes called a dance. Like I'm talking, well, what is that? Like the professional sword fighting. Fencing? Yeah. That can be considered. That's not choreographed. No, it's. I know it's not choreographed, but sometimes the movements can look like a dance, like lightsaber fights. Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm. Those are called duels. To. Okay, it looked like a fucking duel, <laughs> dancing like the way a duel looks like dancing. Good fucking god! Take my analogy or leave it. Take your allergy. Allergy is that what you said? Did you say allergy. <laughs> I know analogy. I'm just giving you shit. Um... <laughs> But no, MJF was pulling out so many different moves that I've never seen him like do. Um, oh my god, you're like a child. You can't sit still tonight. My hurts. Oh my god, was it during face and heel when you were burping, or yeah. so people will hear that on Monday? <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't burping on the air. I was rocking back and forth because my my stomach. No, but you're distracting me. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? Close your eyes and talk, okay? I'm sorry. I just wasn't expecting you to stand up. (laughs) Like I'm like, what are you you walking away? Like what are you doing? So, but anyway, I haven't seen MJF (laughs) do that many different moves. And like, uh, what? Like Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out, "Man, the developers for that new uh, AEW video game must be loving this match with how many different moves they have to give MJF now." And like. (laughs) It's just the, the tombstone on the fucking apron. It looks like Darby totally smokes his head. Like, like he almost crumbles, it looks like. And then the the backbreaker on the fucking... That backbreaker where MJF twirls him in the ring and, like, just drops his knee down and just... I mean, power bombs him on his knee. Right. Holy shit. There's no that, way that one didn't hurt a lot. Oh, it hurt me. But... MJF picks up the win and and <laughs> it was just a phenomenal match. What's insane to think about is that MJF has only been pinned once in AEW. Oh, really? In the, in the entire existence of AEW, he's only been pinned one time, and that's by John Moxley. I mean, that makes sense. But I mean, just the fact that his record is that good mm-hmm. is crazy. Right. Like he's lost other matches, but he's never been pinned. The he's had somebody else lose the matches for him, like a tag oh. match. Yeah, they're protecting the shit out of him. Well, because he's money. He's yeah. literally just mm-hmm. like money. He is. Um, yeah, that match was just absolutely insane. Next match, FTR Lucha Bros. It was a fun match. That was this was the match where I was actually getting. This is where I got mad at the crowd because you're like, guys, this is like because we caught the tail end of it, mm-hmm. and 
they there was almost like no reaction for the finish. There was almost a no reaction. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Well, because it was almost like, are we watching the same thing that they're watching? Like, because right. we, we were kind of like, is that the right guy? Right. Because there was no crowd reaction. No, there was nothing. And it was very strange. And so the crowd, in my opinion, was alive for three matches. Three out of the ten. That was the MJF match, the Punk match, and the main event. Other than that, the crowd was pretty silent. And this this is one they were the most silent on, in my opinion, where I was like, <laughs> it got to a point where a few matches later where Steve just goes, fucking react! Be fans! <laughs> Do something. <laughs> oh, my God. But Lucha Bros picked up the win in a very entertaining match. Um, that was a very good match. The crowd fucking sucks. Uh, moving on to the finals of the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. tournament, And it was Miro versus Daniel Bryan Danielson. And, oh, my God. And um, <laughs> I think I'm just going to – I think I'm just going to record this way. And it was – that was an awesome match. That was a match that surprised the shit out of me for how good it was. I wasn't expecting much out of that match. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought they would probably have good chemistry. I was, I just didn't. It's the way that Miro was like reversing all of Brian. It felt like a real. That felt like a sport. Like it, that match made me feel like I'm watching a sport. Like I'm not watching wrestling. Like I'm watching a sport because the way that they were reversing everything and trying to one up each other, it was just. It was awesome. It felt like they were legitimately fighting for to be a, a fighting for a chance at that title. You know that wrestling's not a sport, though, right? Just the same way that it's not like dancing. It's not choreographed. What? I said it felt like a sport. <laughs> I said it felt like a dance earlier. I'm using your logic against you right now. Right. I get what you were saying, but I'm saying there's other matches that seem more choreographed. There's like... What I'm saying is, to me, matches like Dante Martin and Leo Rush, like those feel choreographed. Those feel like a dance. MJF and Darby did not feel like a dance to me because they were actually wrestling and doing storytelling. Well, yeah, but like when they were both on the ground with their arms and they both did their right arm and then they both did their left arm and then they both popped up on their head. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that That's what I've seen. That was, that's what I meant. Okay. <sighs> Elaborate a little more <laughs> if you're just talking about that one well, spot. No, that happened like multiple times. Happened once. Not, yeah, that oh, exact move. Oh, and they move. did the, uh, the roll-up where they rolled around the ring the whole time. I forget what that's called. That's actually a term. I forget the wrestling term, but that part, I popped my ass off for that. I'm like, no way, they're doing it. Yeah, they did that, and then they did like a kick kip up or whatever at the same time. There were multiple times that it was very well done. Yeah. But Miro and Brian Danielson, that to me felt like a sport. It felt like it, I was watching a UFC fight is what it felt like to me. Cause it became very technical and became very about, it became about the submissions and like everything and like, who's going to get the upper hand. And Brian uh, made, I don't think Miro tapped out. I think he passed out. Remember, I, I think correctly. you're right. And that was, that was a very, very entertaining match. Danielson with the win. Um, and Danielson fucking turning heel on Dynamite out of nowhere. Just being an asshole. Being an asshole. Like a major it's asshole. A hangman who's not an asshole. Right. And who's like the nicest baby. It face. was like 
like normally you can see like a heel turn coming. It's like, okay, there's gonna be a slow burn tonight. was just like, Hey, I'm Daniel Bryan and I'm a heel now. Fuck you. Like, it's like, what just happened? Keep you guys on your toes. Yeah. It's like, I kind of like it though. Because is Brian getting like an ego because he won that tournament? He's like, I can't be beat. Fuck you. Well, and he even referenced WrestleMania. That was insane. I was like, dude, he. It kind of makes sense if he's going to be like a big egomaniac, right? And it because seems he's like, going to re- he's going to reference every single thing he's done to I, be like where he is today. I just can't believe he literally said on Dynamite. When I won the world title at WrestleMania, I wrestled the next night, and the crowd was just like, "Oh, fuck you!" And even hangman was like damn okay we're going there and um what did he say about virginia that was what i was cracking up at i don't know when he was like of course you people boo hard worker from virginia oh yeah i mean i just that just blew my mind it came out of nowhere came out of nowhere oh and daniel bryan brian danielson also hates vlogs i'm just gonna throw that out there he really hates vlogs. Oh, was he on? Like... He was on Sammy's, and it was hilarious. It felt like a Tim and Eric skit. Like, does he really fat, hate him, or cuts. was he? Yeah, and like Sammy was like, "Hey, Brian, Brian, come over here, come over here." And Brian walks over. He's like, "This isn't for your vlog, is it?" And he goes, "No, just say something to the camera." He's like, "This is for your vlog, goddammit. it!" And he's like, "He's like people watching. Why are you watching this? Go do something with your life." And like Ty Conti's in the background, her jaws dropped. She's like. It's like people who run he's like people who run vlogs are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you can tell he's like trying not to laugh, but he's like, and then all of a sudden he just goes on its tangent and Sammy Guevara and like everybody else is just cracking up like next to him. Cause I guess it's like it must be a pet peeve to him where the AEW figured out it's a pet peeve of his. So now I feel like it's gonna be like a hidden like an inside joke. But now. didn't he do vlogs back in no. His independent, yeah, you showed me one where him and the other guy were laughing uncontrollably. That's not, that was for PWG. Yeah. That's not a vlog. That was for a wrestling show. Oh. <laughs> that was a promo. <laughs> that's why that, that's why that's hilarious because they're mind. actually cutting a promo about the bees. Yeah. It's him and Paul London. Yeah. Yeah. That's, if you guys have never seen that, please look up uh, Brian Danielson, Paul London promo from PWG because it's one of the funniest promos i've ever seen See, i thought it was a vlog especially it's so funny because how bad danielson starts laughing that's the best part is that he even has to turn his head to hide it and then he gets paul london to even break which he does not break at all and he did it's just funny check it out next we have uh one of my favorite matches of the night this is i mean actually what's crazy is that this is my fourth favorite match of the night Number five was Miro Danielson. This is number four. And for me, like I was saying, I don't know how you top MJ Darby. Mm-hmm. At first, this was before I watched that match. I was like, I don't know how you top that match. And that's the super click versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage in a Falls Count Anywhere match. That match was just fucking fun and insane. And then... It's a Falls Count Anywhere trios match, which I don't even, I don't think I've ever seen a tag team, like a trios match with the that stipulation attached to it before. Like, it was so much fun. Christian just jumping off a balcony. I'm like, no. Literally, we're watching it. I go, no, he's too old. And then, like, 
a minute and a half later, Jungle Boy is getting thumbtacks shoved in his mouth. And I go, no, he's too young. <laughs> it's like, these wrestlers, man. You know what the best part about that match was, though? What? That we didn't even find out about until Monday. What? Was when... So, when we're watching this match, we're sitting there watching it, and Bowman just goes, where the hell is Nick Jackson and Christian? Like, where did they go? And me and Jim were like, oh, yeah, where did they go? They haven't been on TV in a solid, like, 10 minutes. Well, on Being the Elite, they show where they went, because they have Brandon Cutler follow Nick, and Nick's being chased by Christian Cage, like, through the backstage area. Well... They basically they have to go backstage to get to the spot. They didn't want to fight through the crowd right. and basically set it up that way. Instead, they go like have a big chase like through the backstage area, and then it cuts to them in the in an elevator. Just Christian just punching Nick and throwing <laughs> Nick up against the elevator walls and stuff. It's like you know that they were in that elevator and like should we record something real quick? Yeah, like make it make sense. It's yeah. like a little treat for our people who watch on and mondays it's so funny if you watch that part back on being the elite you can tell they were like action because you could clearly see christian like looking over at brandon and not punching already and he like he quickly turns and starts punching nick like, you know like he was like all right i'm filming go 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 it's just funny it's funny and then they run out to the crowd and then they do that spot where christian just jumps off Notice Nick never did anything crazy in that match because his ankle's fucked up. Yeah, and that's probably maybe why they sent him out for, yeah, you know, go run. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy, like you said, had thumbtacks shoved in his mouth and got super kicked. That was, that was just gross. I would be so scared of swallowing one. The fucking Luchasaurus doing a shooting star press off of the fucking stage. This dude is built in as tall as Kane when Kane was like young. And this dude, for those that don't know what a shooting star press is, it's a gainer. If you know what a gainer is, it's a, you leap forward and do a backflip basically while going forward and not backwards. Luchasaurus fucking did that off the stage on everybody. That's fucking wild. Wild that his body can like right. make it high enough to rotate right. <laughs> with the body mass that he has. Right. And then uh you had that concerto from Jungle Boy to Matt Jackson for the win. It was a fucking I just it was a great match. Budge is budge and budge is the best. <laughs> his name is Budge. It's forever Budge now. Uh next we had Brit. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defend her women's championship against Ty Conti. Ty Conti is going to be a major star for AEW in like two years, maybe even a year. Like, she's almost there. She's missing something. Is she pretty new to the wrestling scene? I think she. this is like her fourth or fifth year in wrestling. But she was signed the NXT for like two years, and they never did anything with her. And it's like, this woman is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, how can you not find anything for her? Right, because she obviously has control over and like how her body jujitsu. Right, too. she has control like good over her body. Yeah, you know, so it's like I would trust someone more with she that background. Stiff. I will say that because she's very stiff because she's Brit probably used too. she's probably used to following through. Right, you know, so it's like reining that in. Mm-hmm. There's some moves in that match where I cringed because I was like that had the fucking hurt. But they booked Ty Conti to look very strong, and she lost on the roll up while Britt Baker had her trunks. That's pretty awesome. She never tapped out. 
and basically got cheated out of the title. But they booked her so strong, basically, to be like, you can't beat her. Like, Brett Baker can't beat her cleanly. Like, that's brilliant booking. And that, in my eyes, that's what made her, like, made her in that match. 100%. Uh, next, we have Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Andrade El Idolo and Malachi Black. This match was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, honestly. Um, I didn't. This was. It wasn't the best one. No, it wasn't the best one, but it still exceeded my expectations. Especially the last, like, 10 minutes of the match. The last 10 minutes of the match were awesome. It was, like, nonstop moving. And. God, I was pulling for Andrade and Malachi to win, and Pac. That was, I was surprised when Pac won. Yeah, me too. But at least it wasn't Cody. <laughs> Cody did not need to win that match, in my opinion. Oh, not at all. And it's funny, like, Jim just told me, he goes, I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of starting to turn on Cody also. No! Because, no, I, I agree with his reasoning, though. It's like, dude, just, Cody's like, I'm never turning heel. It's like, dude, just turn heel. Fuck. Why are you doing the WWE bullshit where you're not listening to the fans? That I do agree with. It's like, this company's all about, like, you know, listening to the fans and stuff. It's kind of funny that Cody's the one that's not listening to the fans. I just want him to get along with the Bucks again. Well, yeah, but I think that might have something to do with it. I'm sure it does. And it's like, I think the Bucks are like, listen to the fans. Like, look at them now. Look at them with Adam Cole. I don't know. He does seem kind of like an egomaniac a little bit. Well, everybody who's a wrestler probably is a little bit. To a certain extent. I don't think Danielson is. I think he's portraying it as a gimmick now, but I don't think he actually is. I think he just loves wrestling. Okay. Like Brody Lee. Brody Lee hated being famous. Hated it, but he loved pro wrestling so much that he had no choice. Well, he liked being on stage. That's part of being a pro wrestler. Right. You have to have a little bit of an ego, at least while you're doing your job. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's fair and all, but I've heard from wrestlers being like, they don't care about the entrances or promos. They just want to wrestle. And it has nothing to do with the fans being there. They just like doing it. That's what I'm saying. I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pat got the win. Black Arrow on the, to Andrade El Idolo. Uh, next we have... Let's see what matches have we talked about yet. We, let's go to Inner Circle versus American Top Team. Another match that exceeded my expectations and ended up being a pretty fun match. Uh, except for... You can totally tell... You could just tell that Jericho it was just over that whole story, and he was over that whole angle and just wanted it to be over with. He was not into that match whatsoever. Well, I don't think it helped that the MMA fighters were right green. Right. <laughs> Missing a lot of their marks and all oh of that God. stuff. When Junior Dos Santos missed the um, the interruption of the lion salt and Jericho's on the ropes, Junior! 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 <laughs> you could just tell that he was just like, fuck this. Well, and then there was, what was, what was it? Was it Sammy pushed somebody like a little bit further away from somebody in the inner circle? Oh, it, no, it was Ethan Page pushing Junior Dos Santos. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, go forward a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he like literally like guided him to the and spot in the it, ring. Well, it's funny because I think he was supposed to do something else because the move he did was just kind of like, what was that? And, <laughs> and he even kind of made a face like, ugh, like. It's just so, I just, 
I get somewhat some enjoyment out of wrestlers getting mad at people in matches that have no business being in a wrestling ring and it's probably fine with like one right. wrestler. Like, wasn't it Shaq that wrestled Cody? Right. Well, and like, but that was like one person with one person. You know who was the best? Who? Who was way better than those UFC fighters? Who? Bad Bunny. Yes. Bad Bunny was fucking awesome. Yes, but I'm saying like with one person coordinating, like one newbie in the ring, like mm-hmm. you can you can work with that. Like they're paying a hundred percent attention to you. Like. Right. But when there's six people who don't wrestle or five, whatever, how many, like, it's just a clusterfuck. It's like a bunch of kindergartners and a soccer ball. Like, right. It's not their fault. No, it's not their fault at all. But it was still fun. And Sammy Guevara, good doing the fucking swan, like, just the flip off the ladder. And he was just like, I'm going. Yeah. He doesn't even jump up. He just, like, rolls off, basically. But He's probably told not to jump up. (laughs) Right. But when he hits that, when he goes through the table, Jericho like looks away almost like. I'm getting too old for this like, shit. No, he looked away almost like annoyed. At Sammy? I don't know. But there was several times in that match you could hear the referees going, go, 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 go. Move it, move it, move it, speed it up, move it, go. So something, there was some miscommunication there where I don't know if the beginning part, because the match started off, which this is the this is my only con about this match. The match starts off as like a traditional tag team match, which I'm like, if it's a street fight, there shouldn't be any tags and everybody right, should be legal. Sense. Yeah. That didn't make sense. And then it turned into that, which I'm like, why did it start off like that? I just didn't get it. And I think that part went too long. I think that was the issue. And Junior DeSantos doing a backflip and almost landing on his head. Yeah, that was scary. <laughs> um, then... The best part is obviously Jericho doing the frog splash for Eddie. It was 16 years to the day that Eddie passed away, and it was also in he passed away in, in Minneapolis. Which is crazy. It is. It's like, what are the odds of that happening? Um, yeah, it was. It was. It is what it is. But it was a fun match. I have to say, it was a really fun match. Inner Circle with the win, obviously. Obvi. Last two matches, um, both were my number two and number one matches of the night my number two match of the night hands down and this was another one i was like i don't know how you can top this match this match was just picture perfect storytelling and that's cm punk and eddie kingston cm punk is back like we i think it's fair i think it's very safe to say now he's ready it's go time put him in a fucking major story and let's go well because he can do the mic yeah he can do the the story between the match like he's good at all of that, right. and that that probably takes just as much practice getting back into as right. physically doing right. like the moves and all of that. This match totally proved it. That was like he's back, back. Like I totally think for the last like month and a half, two months, they were totally going slow with him, being like, "All right, let's find your legs. Let's make well, sure there's no ring rust. Yeah, and... let's, let's make sure there's no ring rust. Let's see how you do." And man, that match was just, I'm like, that's the CM Punk. I don't know. That's the CM Punk we love. There he is. He's back. And dude, he tore the fucking house down. No clobbering time. He was just like, let's, it's fucking go time. And holy shit, match was awesome. Blood fucking. This match, it's, I thought this watching it live and I saw somebody tweet it out and people were reaming him for it. I'm like, it's literally the parallels are the same. Like, I hate wrestling fans. 
It's literally the same. But they're like, oh, this is just, it's just totally different. It's like, no, it's not. It's not. This match reminded me so much of The Rock and Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 18, where the fans flipped on the guy that normally you cheer which and started cheering. Yeah, and like The Rock got booed out of the building during that, and they were cheering for Hogan. And they were all for Kingston in that match. I mean, I'm for Kingston. I, he needs to win. He needs to start winning. Right. Um, I would have totally been okay with a Kingston win on that. But at the same time, I think Kingston was brought in to develop and to help out the younger talent. Right. Obviously, Punk is doesn't need development or help. But they needed a good storyline. Right. And I do think it's too early for Punk to lose yet. I think you have Punk lose to somebody like MJF. I think you almost continue the story on and you do like, it's not like a main story, but it's kind of like, you know, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston are still not getting along in the locker room kind of thing. Like you might see CM Punk like revisit it. Yeah. Like you might see like Eddie Kingston fight. I don't, I don't fucking know somebody and CM Punk's like ringside. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could see that or maybe like get, you know, you're behind the scenes in the locker room or whatever and you see CM Punk walk by and give the other guy a tap on the shoulder and just like walk past Eddie. Like I could see maybe even CM Punk losing the title to Kingston, but not for like a year. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Like I fucking worked my ass off and you said I was lazy and I came back and I beat your ass like... Damn, me and Jim tied. I was sorry, I was looking at that. Jim and I tied. If the title doesn't change hands on a tie. Good. It's bullshit. Um, I 100% agree with what you just said. But to me, it's just the best because in the video package before the match, you see my face again. <laughs> uh, no, I just... To me, that match had everything I think you could want in a wrestling match. They had the build. It had the hype. It had the storytelling in that match was great. Um, They looked like they fucking hate each other. I know in real life they'd had a heat at one point. I don't think they do anymore. Otherwise, I don't think you would get this good of a match if they did. But CM Punk with the win, fantastic match. Before we get in the main event, there was a debut also at full gear. Fucking Jay Lethal is all elite, baby. Black McCheesemo! All elite. I'm really excited for him. Me too. Um, man, I can't wait till he does the Macho Man impression. You think he's going to pick out a Miss Elizabeth? Maybe. So I didn't even think about this. JCD brought this up to me. They're like, So with Ring of Honor releasing all of their wrestlers, they're letting them sign early. There's no, there's no, no 90 day compete clause at all. Oh, so there's like a whole mess of talent that's probably coming in. Right. Because Jay Lethal signed already and Jay Lethal was like their world champion like the last year. So like if he's signing already, that means they're talking to Dan Housen already. They're talking to a bunch of other people. But the one person I didn't even think about that I'm like, shit, it might be fun when he comes back. Flip Gordon. The flat earther might come in and is he really flat earther? <laughs> then I don't like him. I don't. I, I I think he's hilarious. I mean, I like AJ Styles and he's a flat earther. I don't like AJ Styles. 
How do you not like AJ Styles? You don't like that just because he's a flat earther? No, I don't like AJ Styles because I don't like his gimmick. I don't like his hair. You just don't like him because he doesn't like Barack Obama, okay? I don't like his beliefs. Barack Obama. (laughs) Oh, he's a total dork. But, like, it's hard. He's one of the best wrestlers of all time. Like, Like, he is close to a Shawn Michaels of the modern day. I'll take Adam Cole. Thank you. I'll take Adam Cole. I'll take Adam Cole over Styles too. But you've only you're only used to WWE styles. You've never seen styles like from Impact or New Japan. New Japan AJ Styles is insane. Yeah, I don't think AJ Styles is ever leaving WWE. Oh, I think he is. You think? He was pissed when the Good Brothers got fired. Uh-huh. Like furious with them. To where he's like, I feel trapped. And they only have him in like a tag team storyline with Amos still right now. Like, the dude, they're not doing anything with Styles now. He's totally on the way out. Him and Owens. But, I would like to see Owens in AEW. But Styles, when he was leading the Bullet Club, he was a fucking crazy person. Like, leading Bullet. He was a asshole of a heel. Like, just cheating every match. Like But, like, not just cheating, but, like, making sure the other person gets hurt and, like, winning the match. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny Omega turned on him and took over Bullet Club. So they have never wrestled each other after that. That's uh-huh. Styles went and signed with WWE. So they have unfinished business, just like Omega and Adam Cole have unfinished business, baby. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And on to the main event. Picture perfect. Picture fucking perfect. Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. This was the culmination of three years. And I got teary-eyed at the end. It's like, holy shit. Like, that was such a beautiful ending. It was literally a beautiful fucking ending. The whole match was good. The When Omega was kicking... Uh, hangman in the head and the hangman's like no you don't motherfucker and then like <laughs> Kenny just grabbed him and did it again and like fucking they that from that kick from no you don't motherfucker on that whole last like 10-15 minutes was just non-stop violence of yeah, like they were beating the shit out they of each ramped other. it up to another fucking level the V-triggers we finally saw like New Japan style V-triggers he hasn't done that like really not to like, like he's done those V triggers, but not like how he just did in that match against Hangman. Like that was his thing in New Japan where he would just V trigger the shit out of you. And he was doing that like the entire match. Mm-hmm. But then fucking who were like, some, he's going to kick out of the one wing angel. Nope. Tricked you. The only person to kick out of the one wing angel is Kenny Omega himself. Cause cool. Hangman did it to him and Kenny Omega kicked out, which is just great. Cause it still protects that move. Omega never does the move in the match. He tries. Yeah, he tries, but he doesn't do it. Right. But it's just like, that's so, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It literally keeps the story of that moving. Like, maybe you don't have anybody kick out of that until he retires. I think maybe that's something he's, I mean, how long has nobody kicked out of it? Like five, ten years? one person to actually kick out of it, and that's before he was actually like a star or right. like made. That was like right when he got to New Japan. One person. Kota Ibushi. Oh, so I could see maybe Kota Ibushi. is going to kick out of it. Yeah, if he comes back. Mm-hmm. 
And how perfect was that? They're teasing Coda like crazy, by the way. They're teasing Coda and Okada like crazy. Mm-hmm. And what that fan that was holding up the sign said, what would Coda think? And Kenny is just staring at that sign. And it's perfect. That camera cut was perfect. I don't know if he like somebody in the production crux like stay on that sign and stay on Omega now. Because Omega literally stops being a character for like a, 10 Second. seconds and stares at that sign takes a deep breath shakes his head and like gets back in the character and goes into the match i'm like little things like that the little seeds that are being planted very purposeful yes and but they did that shit in new japan so for like two years prior to the good luck or the good lovers the uh (laughs) the golden lovers they should have the good brothers team up with the golden lovers and call it the good lovers. Yeah, they should. <laughs> um, they teased it like that for a while where like Kenny would see not signs, but like he would like run down to the ring and like look at Coda and just like stare at him. Like, like you can tell like he still cares about him, but he's going to act like he's not there and keep doing his own thing, but right. not never. He never attacks Coda bullet club attacks him. Kenny never lays a hand on him. That's like the little things like that is why Kenny Omega is may go down as the greatest wrestler of all time because his his true dedication to putting these stories together and actually staying true to it and always making sure that he never hit him once unless they were wrestling in a match. It's just that's perfect. That's beautiful. That's beautiful storytelling. It's the little things that I love in wrestling like that. Hangman's story was full of that. Absolutely full of that. Starts off, the Bucks give him shit. He's not full gear ready back in 2018. Getting to all in in 2018. Being full gear ready for all in. To announcing that he will be the first AEW world champion. To falling short to Chris Jericho at all out. To then getting really depressed that he lost that match because that's what he thought was like his chance to hitting rock bottom. You were so annoying to hitting rock bottom to becoming an alcoholic to losing his fake friends that were always rude to him to then pause that story. And you move over to the dark order. The dark order was a flailing group for a while. And then in comes the exalted one, Brody Lee, and then it's like, oh, fuck, we're on top of the world now. We're the best. We're the hottest thing in wrestling now. To the real-life unfortunate tragedy of Brody Lee passing away to where it's so hard not to use that on television with them actually being sad and feeling like they hit rock bottom because it's real. What they're feeling is real. Right. To where now you put take that Dark Order story and they meet Hangman Adam Page and the whole thing, while that when Brody Lee was there, Brody Lee hated Hangman Page because Hangman said he was going to join the Dark Order, but they never returned his email. So he's like, you know what? Sorry, I just don't feel like joining your cult anymore. Right. And he's like, my what? It's like, your, your cult. He's like, okay, I'll see you later. Good, good job, Brody. And like walks away. And that's when Brody throws the papers at Uno for the first time. Cowboy shit! You let cowboy shit go! Fuck Hangman! That's when it all starts. Fuck Hangman! Fuck Hangman! Fuck Hangman! And then Hangman is so depressed 
that he overhears them chanting it and he walks in and they all just stop and stare at him like is he gonna freak out and hangman's like fuck hangman fuck hangman fuck hangman and joins in with them and then evil uno's like that guy's actually pretty cool like and that's how it started so now you have them both at all of them at rock bottom together they use each other they help each other to rebuild themselves, to rebuild both the team of Dark Order and Hangman. They rebuild, become better, to where they become really good friends. And they get to a point where they get so they have so much confidence built up in them that they challenge the elite for the tag titles and the world title in a tag team match. Where they're like, if we win, we get a shot at those titles. But if we lose, we we move to the back of the line. They get cheated out of it. Hangman, again, hits rock bottom and hates himself for... Now he hates himself for fucking over the Dark Order because he feels like it was his fault when it clearly it wasn't because he got cheated in that match to where he gets beat up by the Elite and he disappears for a little bit. In real life, he was having a kid. Dark Order goes through some rough times where they tease breaking up and all this shit and you're like what's going to happen with them and then they reconnect they're better they make things better especially with the returning Anna J she's like get it together and negative one negative one and Amanda Huber also helps them get get it together while negative one throws the papers at evil uno to get back in the ring um they get get back in the ring hangman makes his grand return wins that ladder match becomes the number one contender now it's time for redemption. Now it's time to fulfill the dreams. And Dark Order is firmly behind Hangman. Hangman has his friends. And for the first time, Hangman finally got the courage to go up to the Young Bucks and say, if you interfere in my match, I will make sure I will ruin your fucking lives every single time I see you. He's like, don't get involved. It's like, damn, cowboy shit over here. Get to the pay-per-view. You do this match. You do... You put on just a beautiful fucking match with the perfect ending. Hangman finally wins. The story is complete. At least you think it is. One more thing happens after the match where I got teary-eyed. And it was honestly, I, when we watched it again, when I showed you it, yeah, I was sitting behind you. I'm like, this is just beautiful. Like, this is actually, this is art. Like, this is actual art. This is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in wrestling. All of that happened over a three-year span that we just, that I just talked about. Hang, they come down to celebrate with Hangman, and Alex Reynolds hands him a beer. Hangman grabs the beer, throws it behind him, and goes in for a group hug. The end. He's better now. They're better now. Yep. I just got chills talking about it. Like, It's just a, such a feel-good... It is the most feel-good moment, I think, in wrestling history. I don't, I like, those are so hard to come by in wrestling because it's wrestling. Like, you're here for the violence. You're not here for the feel-good shit. Right. And that was fucking feel-good cowboy shit. That was awesome. Like, that was, you've seen the Truman Show, right? Yes. You know the scene at the end when Truman finally figures it out and leaves? He's like, and the show's over? Mm -hmm. And everybody's celebrating? Remember the guy in the bathtub who's watching it and he's like freaking out and like celebrating, like splashing the water up and down? That's how I felt. I felt like that guy in the bathtub. Like it was just like, it was, it was perfect. You can't write a better story than that. 
Oh, but like, they're going to. I hope I don't know how you can, but I trust in them that they will. What I'm saying is you could literally take that template, that story template, and turn it into a movie. It doesn't even have to be about wrestling. You can turn that template into a movie because it was perfect. It was so well done. Hangman Adam Page, cheers. Congratulations. And thank you for just the wonderful storytelling over the last three years. And I can't wait to see how your title run goes. All right. All right. Let's end them with the one, two, three finish. Let's get out of here. Uh, one, two, three finish. What was that? One, two, three finish. Um, it's leftover season. I'm really fucking excited that we can go out to dinner out and I can leave my leftovers in the car. So, let's restart that sentence. You're, you're fumbling your words a little bit. It's leftover season. I didn't fumble at all. You started to say happy and you said excited. And then you said something <laughs> else. So I was like, you got to re- just go again. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for leftovers. Okay. You, I can. You didn't think I caught the happy, excited. No, I don't think that I did. <laughs> Anyways, one, two. I'm really fucking tired. I'm exhausted. I can tell. I want to go to bed. And three, um, Nick Jackson, I have decided, is now my favorite wrestler of all time. And I like his beard pink. It's just hilarious. <laughs> when they were spray painting that on being really... He was, like, dying. <laughs> it's like I did this the other day, and it sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, Nick Jackson, all the way. Uh, my number one, shout out to CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. I mean, what a way to build a fucking story and a match on two weeks. I mean... They they made you think that that was like a three-month build, and it was a two-week build. Right. And I want more of the story. Yeah. I want more. That's why I'm hoping that Eddie and CM Punk kind of like drop subtle hints over the next year, and then I kind of hope Eddie like right. comes back and they have like another two or three-week high-intensity right. rivalry. Right. Um, my number two. Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page for the first time ever is going to be wild. It's going to be fantastic, and they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. And I think Danielson's going to win. I kind of think so, too. I don't like think I said, Hangman gets to keep it very long. Like I said, we haven't seen a short title reign yet in AEW, and I think this might be the one. And it's perfect to be the one because you literally now... What's like the word um epilogue i'd say that right mm-hmm. this is basically the epilogue to hangman's story yeah where he could lose real quick and then possibly you see him almost turn to alcohol and like where he was before but this time the dark Order is like no you got this and he's gonna win it back i think he wins it back quickly um and then that way it kind of shakes up that you're not going to have it for right. a long time. And that, and also killing two birds with one stone here, you get Daniel Bryan as the fucking champion for a minute. Like that's just, that's headlines right there because mm-hmm. of who he is. Mm-hmm. It would be smart in my opinion. Also shout out to Tony Khan, by the way, after full gear was over, he said, I told you guys flat out who the first four champions of AEW were going to be at all out in 2019. Nobody even caught on to it. He's like, go back and look at the poster. The poster features four wrestlers. It's literally, he goes, it's literally your first four world champions in AEW history. Jericho, Moxley, Omega, and Hangman. Now you need to go look at all the other posters he's made and see if there's like potential storylines in the posters. 
But this is why AEW is so good is because of Tony Khan. Because Tony Khan planned this out. And I maybe maybe that is why it feels like it's different on Dynamite tonight. Maybe this is a new era because that was his beginning era. He's like, these four are the, the stepping stones, basically, for AEW. Right. We need you four to step up so we can succeed. Now the door is maybe wide. it'll be those four versus the new four. And those four now are wide open. And it's like everything is just wide open now. Anything can happen. The AEW has become must-see television to where anything can happen at any given moment. That's how awesome AEW has been now. And my number three, it's got to be shout-out Hangman Adam Page. I mean, it's just fucking awesome. Very grateful and lucky to to have experienced that story. And... It's funny, I almost think that maybe they were planning for that in New Japan before they left. Because there's a promo that somebody rediscovered of Tanahashi saying, Bullet Club sucks, they're the worst group in history. He's like, but that Adam Page fellow, he's like, let me talk to him. I'll beat the fucking, I'll beat him back into some sense. That kid's good, and he's got good in him. I can see it. He's like, you don't need those Bullet Club marks. It's like, it was in, it was in character. But he said that. He was like, I can see the good in you. And it's like, damn, they had this planned out forever. Well, they didn't start a new wrestling company from nothing. Right. You know, you have to think they've been coming up with storylines well, yeah. for probably years. But think about how much stock they, that yeah. the Bucks and Omega had in, in Hangman. Like, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And shout out again. And on top of the Hangman stuff, my real number three shout out to Kenny Omega. Um, Omega, apparently his shoulders are severely injured to where for the last month he hasn't been able to lift any weights. And that's why his arms looked a little small on the pay-per-view because he hasn't been able to work out. He hadn't wrestled like many matches in the last few weeks. That's so crazy. They had backup plans just in case he couldn't go and he wasn't going to be uh, medically cleared. Um, one of the plans was that Adam Cole was going to step in for him, which would continue that story or Cole was going to, or they were going to find Omega backstage unconscious and you find out then you do the who done it thing. And it's Adam Cole. And it, it was going to be revealed to be Adam Cole because Adam Cole actually remembered about being killed by the Bucks and Omega. And they're teasing it. They're totally teasing it. They never got along before. Like Omega always got annoyed with Adam Cole on like old beating elites oh, and yeah. stuff. So they, that's, that's how he's going to turn heel or, mm-hmm. One of them's going to turn face right. or whatever. It's just awesome. So, but the thing that's really cool is that, like, they were fully planning on taking the title off of Omega and giving it to Hangman or doing, like, a vacant title at Full Gear and having a match between Adam Cole and Hangman Adam Page. That's why it was so late when that trios match was booked because they didn't know if Adam Cole was going to be in that match or not because he could have been in the main event. So... Kenny Omega apparently was very adamant backstage saying, no, we're doing the fucking match and I want to put Hangman over because he deserves it. He deserves to have a match that I can, he deserves to have at least a match with me that I can make him look like a million bucks. Right. And Kenny Omega's world title run is one I'll never forget. It was one of the best world title runs I think I've ever seen. He tore it up. AEW has not had a bad champion yet. They book, they know how to book their champions very well. So shout out, Kenny Omega. You're a fucking legend. All right. 
You can follow Offended on all social media platforms at OffendedPod. Make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trick1042. Uh, you can make sure to go to www.anythingbutcredible.com for all your network needs, including Offended, the Going Off Topic podcast, the uh, Anything But Credible podcast, the Movie Merge podcast, which I was just on. Go check it out, baby. Talk about Jurassic Park, The Hangover, and Back to the Future, the biggest movie of all time, better than Blair Witch. Uh, the What's Your Bliss podcast and the Spacing Out podcast, all at anythingbutcredible.com. Com. Go check it out and make sure to like and follow all of those podcasts that I just named. Follow us, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, pretty please. T-shirt coming soon, all that good shit. And make sure to check out our bonus episode on Monday featuring face and heel of the week. That just might be the thing for Mondays. It might not just be, it might just be face and heel Mondays. Face and heel. Yeah. I kind of like it. I like it too. kind of like it. Maybe bring back songs of the week every now and then. I don't know. Make sure to go check out the dress by the Jean. That guy, that's fucking song is amazing, by the way. Holy shit. How many times have I listened to that song? Um, a lot. Yeah, that song is so good. Check it out. Um, but yeah. AEW Full Gear, absolutely fantastic. Um, if you're a wrestling fan or a fan of wrestling, please check it out. At least the main event. That's just beautiful. It was amazing. All right. We will see you guys next week. For KDK Naked Lady, I'm Tricky. This has been Offended, presented by the Anything But Credible Network. Again, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, bitches.